What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode two of the Insignificant Podcast. Today, we have some very special people on from Rogue Zohu Productions. Um, in case you didn't know, here's a little backstory. I've actually been a fan of theirs for over, well, about three years now. Actually, since I started watching YouTube, I actually discovered their channel by looking at my own channel. I was searching up in YouTube search results, and I typed in The Home Filmmaker, and what popped up? The Homegrown Filmmaker, which was the name of Rogue Zohu Productions before they changed. So that's a little backstory. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Uh, we had a really good time talking with them. And uh, yeah, go check out their stuff. They're amazing. And uh, talk to you later. All right. So I kind of have a, a little bit of a list of questions. But uh, first off, um, there's three of you here right now, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so I'm Annie Poling. I'm a director, screenwriter. I, I guess I should start out by saying we're all family. We're all homeschool filmmakers. Um, so I'm Annie. I'm the director, screenwriter. Um, and with me, I have my brother, Josiah. Hello, I'm Josiah. I've uh, been taking the role as editor most of the time, although we can all edit. Um, and but you're our main editor. Yeah, and I dabble in uh, pre-production visuals like uh, storyboarding and previs. Okay. And then also here is Max. Hi, I'm Max. Um, primarily with the group, I uh, DP mo or all our projects. Um, what? Can, can you explain what DP is? Oh, yeah, uh, DP, sorry. Um, director of photography. I'm, I'm the guy uh, holding the camera most of the time uh, and setting up the lighting and things like that. Um, and then on some projects, I co-direct with Annie. Mm -hmm. um, and then if the project has action in it, um, I'm usually choreographing uh, the action and the fight stuff. Uh, and then in post, uh, I do visual effects and color grading. Um, yeah. So you do a lot of stuff. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so I guess the biggest and kind of uh yeah i guess the biggest question is like how did you all get started like was it just a family thing or um i kind of um so max is our brother-in-law he's married to our older sister so we kind of started separately before we knew each other um but for josiah and i um i don't know we just saw one of our friends made a, this was back in i don't know 2012 or something when uh, so several years ago, and we just saw some short film that our friends had made in their backyard, and we're like, hey, you know, we could totally do that. And so we just started making really, you know, not well done little movies in our backyard. <laughs> and that's just kind of where it started. Because you, you guys were movie fans. Like, you watched a lot of movies. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to add that, too. We were big fans. Our whole family, like, our, our dad is a big fan of just movies in general. So we grew up in a very... They're just like watching a lot of movies and talking about movies and yeah, that was kind of yeah. we we already had an interest in that. Your whole family was kind of enthused with them. Yeah, and also with um, story and drama, I guess. Um, our mom did a lot of stage stuff and musicals, and we actually <laughs> before we were ever in film, we wrote a little stage play that we put on. Yeah. At some point, and we did a lot of like performing arts. Um, so music and acting and dancing and all that sort of stuff. Um, we've all been quite involved with that. Wow. 
I did not know that part. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, it was myself and Josiah and our younger sister, Lizzie, and she's mainly interested in acting and also screenwriting. Um, but so it was just the three of us mostly just we'd go out in our backyard and shoot some shots. We hardly ever finished anything back then because yeah. we'd like shoot a couple shots and then we go, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> we just need a different idea. And then we come up with a different idea and shoot a couple shots and just doing that over and over. So you've kind yeah. of, uh, well, recently more into, um, well, you do a lot of Star Wars fan films. Um, but I did notice um, a couple of the, uh, maybe not a couple, but I've seen maybe one or two of the earlier ones, early, earlier films are comedy. So, yeah. like, uh, the uh, Great and Awesome Zomb Zombie Hunters 2, the sequel? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so that has to do with how Max got started in filmmaking, because his story is different than ours. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had always been interested in uh, drama and fighting. <laughs> Me and my brother would uh, put down all the blinds in our house, make the house really dark, and put our little high camcorder on uh, night vision mode oh. <laughs> and we had our little wooden swords and we would make capes out of whatever cloth we had and you know do these whole complex stories just running around the house you know we weren't really like we weren't thinking we were making a movie exactly yeah i never thought of it like that at the time um but we were all, always you know sword fighting and stuff like that uh, and then in 2009 i watched star wars for the first time and I it really like captured something yeah. inside my whatever how old I was my heart <laughs> at the time. And uh and what were you, you like know, fourteen or fifteen? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um and it really like <clears throat> sparked my interest in sword fighting at the time because of the lightsabers and so me and my brother were, you know, playing for hours in the backyard just choreographing fights uh, and then we tried to start uh filming them you know just set up the camera on a tripod and see what they look like um and then as i was uh searching youtube i realized that making fan lightsaber fights was a thing and that there was an actual contest for them and then i started you know trying to make my own from there and and then i um it was kind of fighting making movies and doing visual effects all at the same time mm. i started developing that but then i really jumped into visual effects uh right then and started you know buying programs that could do lightsabers and things like that mm. um yeah and then <clears throat> i think we i entered the contest and i was on my uh second entry when i first met the pollings um, because they saw my second entry, oh. yeah. which was the the fight inside, the one with the in the garage with me in a skull mask <laughs> and the whip. Well, you had just finished making that, yeah. Because we didn't actually meet each other because of filmmaking. Um, you know how it is in <coughs> circles. All the moms seem to know each other, and this mom yep. knows that one. So our yep. moms met, and then <laughs> just our and they went, oh kids are both interested in filmmaking and so we started talking and stuff like at the time we lived about two hours away from each other so it was mostly like skype calls hmm. um where we were just talking about stuff and you had just finished 
your second lightsaber entry. Yeah. We thought it was so cool because uh, meeting Max really pushed our production value way more than it possibly could be. You know, with yeah. Josiah and Lizzie and I, it was just like, oh, we're doing these little stories. But Max is so talented at like cinematography and visual effects and and fight choreography too that it just kind of putting our teams together just kind of really whoa we can make some good stuff here well like i've seen some of like the instagram videos and stuff like that where you're you're planning out the choreography and i i gotta say i i had no idea like i know from like movie sets that they do a lot of that stuff but i didn't think that a smaller production such as yours would go to that length <coughs> and it's kind of impressive i would say that much Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of the point of the contest. So the lightsaber choreography competition has been going on for 12 years now, 13? Uh, more than that. Oh, wow. It started in 2001, actually. Yeah, so that's actually a part of the contest. The The creators of the contest really stress um, planning out your choreography, planning out your camera work with your choreography, oh. and um, in, that is the point of the contest, really. It's that it's not just hey we're clashing sticks here and it looks kind of cool it is actually thinking through all of that and so they talk a lot about it and they really encourage everyone to do that and that's the entries that plan it out the most are the ones that usually win mm. you can tell that they put a lot of work into it so how many awards have you won from the competitions well it, let's see Fight you made side. got you max made three entries before we were so you got the first year you got honorable mention the second year you got second place third year you got third place and then we made loyalty together and that got first place oh wow and you did the fight inside too which got second place yeah yeah Yeah. and then we did exile which got fourth place and And then this year we did countdown and you did recollection you got first place and we got fourth place oh wow exile got fourth yeah Yeah. we said that So you've been like up on, <laughs> up on that for like a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would, I would add that the lightsaber choreography competition would is going to come up a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> well, we, we don't so much love, love Star Wars that that we make that um or that we make entries for it. Well, but we're, that we, we don't, fans. We, yeah. we don't make entries because we're giant Star Wars fans. Yeah. We're fans of the craft of what goes mm. into making a fight scene like that. Yeah. But also that we use we use the choreography competition as an excuse for a deadline and yeah, yeah. it's just and and the the people who run the competition are just so nice and great and they give you a lot of feedback. It's right. a really great competition to start filmmaking in mm. because you get a lot of feedback. Yeah. Because up until uh, you know even up until the last couple of years. Uh, the judges on the comp- contest are industry professionals. Like several of them are like professional VFX artists. One of the guys has been a professional fight choreographer that are also Star Wars fans. So they're like, oh. they understand everything <laughs> and they're really able to give good feedback. Actually, um, <clears throat> all the most of the years of, they do a live judging thing where they uh, stream it. Uh, all of them talking about them, and it, they put post them all on YouTube, and they were like really informative to watch the last okay. few years. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I would lead up to what you were just talking about there, like when you first started, like who and I guess what uh, were some of the major influences when you first started making films. 
As in, like, what what films did we watch or people did we? I, I well, I guess both research? actually. Okay. Um, that's that's interesting. I feel like we don't ever have an answer to that question. <laughs> I mean, no. obviously, Star Wars. Um, for me, I didn't have a lot of influences. Um, I mean, I I have so many that I can't say them. Mm. Like I said, grew up watching films. Um. <laughs> I wouldn't say there's one complete one. It's just um, we do spend a ton of time even now um, watching films and like breaking them down and analyzing them. Like yep. every film that we watch is a learning tool, a learning experience. And we're always like, oh, I like how they did this. And I didn't like how they did this. And just like accumulating a whole log of experience from mm-hmm. watching other mm-hmm. films. Um, I don't know. Was there, we like, definitely... a specific, like, for each one of you, for, like, Max, example, would the, was there a specific, like, director of photography or anyone in particular that, like, really you learned from what they had, uh, what they've done in a movie and you kind of, like, wanted to follow them or? Uh, not, not really. I mean, <clears throat> really what, like, what captured me at the beginning was specifically the the final duel in Phantom Menace. Okay. You know, the duel of the fates. I I listened to that music and watched that fight so many times. And it was like I I want to capture the emotion of that hmm. is is what I kept trying to do. And so I would just uh watch like I've watched hundreds of fight scenes on YouTube. Yeah. You know, just going through and just watching them and and I I don't like consciously do it, but I'm base I'm building a catalog in my head of moments that I like, mm. um, and moments that have an emotion for me. Like, <laughs> like I don't. It's really hard for me to explain sometimes, but it's like there's there's certain things in action that oh boy. um it's just like the i i like the emotion in action yeah and and the craft that goes into making that emotion so i i just i like to do action and fight scenes and a lot of nonverbal. a fight scene is like nonverbal dialogue in my head yeah and I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah, I would say that Max, you've expressed to us quite a few times that you just you like emotion in general, just getting the audience or using your film to elicit an emotion from the audience. Yes, in any way with cinematography and mm-hmm. with fighting, but fighting has been your main, or the cinematography <laughs> of fighting has been your main right. um, focus uh, um, to achieve that. Right. And so I, I I wouldn't say it's one person in particular, but it's just like a a collection okay. of just watching a whole bunch of fights and stuff like I, that. I think I'm I'm realizing why this question is difficult for us. It's um I think because 
each of us kind of started out doing everything just because like you yeah. said like max started out predominantly doing like fight choreography and editing and vfx and yeah. cinematography but he's actually done everything you know he directed he acted he mm. produced his own films he you know you did everything and it's what we call um what's that a slash, a, a slash. i'm a director slash writer slash producer slash mm. editor slash um and so all of us started out that way i know for me it's, it's not been until the last year or so that I've actually, we've had enough people in our crew that we can kind of specialize a little bit oh, more. I'm only now just starting to figure out what exactly just the director does because mm. I've always <laughs> been a producer slash director slash screenwriter slash Ooh. actor slash, you know, I've always, I've been doing all of those jobs. Yeah. And now that we have more people um, separating those jobs out and um, having people who are better at them, definitely it's only been recently that I'm starting to realize, oh, that's that's what the director focuses on. That's what they spend their thought and their time on. And so now I'm starting to actually see directing in films and get more influences from specifically that. Hmm. I would say that probably a story influence on all of us has been Pixar. Yeah. Definitely. Just they're so good it's <laughs> like uh. yeah every i think every time we watch a pixar movie we 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 don't tear it as much down as other films you know yeah we, we well when it. we're talking about yeah. a film it sounds like we hate it because we're like oh this part was <laughs> this had problems and if they had done yeah. this and... but it's very very nitpicky like like we go into the smallest detail to try and find a problem to mm. see if there is any because pixar is so good at um not having any story problems usually <laughs> and story story is what i say we focus on the most um even though um both max and me are interested in cinematography max is definitely better at it yeah um and you know we have we're interested in all of these areas of filmmaking because we make films of course but i would say that for all of us our, a theme of our whole group is is the story that mm -hmm. it, annie is the the spearhead of that and it, yeah so whenever we're breaking down something we look at max looks at like moments and emotions and annie looks but based on the story and annie looks at the main story and we all just have like thoughts and inputs on the story more than anything else okay. yeah definitely that makes sense so i know that uh from seeing a couple of your blooper videos uh <laughs> you have a lot of funny moments on set um yeah what uh like i know that as much as they're funny, they're little accidents, but also it's it can be annoying sometimes when you're trying to you have a deadline to get something done. Like, mm -hmm. what's the hardest thing you had to learn from, say, making your most recent film? Well, <laughs> the hardest thing for our most recent one was dealing with weather. No, oh. no, are you talking well, about countdown? Because we've shot another film since countdown. Yes. Okay. Oh, right. Oh yeah, you're so. yeah, that's true. But that's the most recent one that's on your channel. Yeah, yeah go ahead, talk about the other oh. one if you want. Well, so the most recent we one we did, um, we were we were very much on a time crunch. We decided to be ambitious. So, um, it's kind of been a passion, especially of mine, to um, share everything that we're learning about filmmaking yep. with other homeschoolers, especially just because there's not a lot of resources. And I know for me in particular, just I didn't want to go to film school to mm. learn filmmaking. Yeah, I don't care for the environment. And I talked to a couple of, um, you know, older filmmakers, kind of like people who have mentored me a little bit in filmmaking. And yep. I'm like, do I need to go to film school? And um, 
she was like, no, you have already moved on beyond <laughs> film school. So like you learn from experience. Um, so what we have wanted to do and what we're starting to do is actually to hold classes for filmmaking. Oh, really? And that's what this film was. It was a week-long film intensive, and we had two days of class where we just talk about filmmaking and being filmmakers and stuff like that. And then we had two days of shooting a film with our students. Mm. And then we had one day after that to just kind of talk about everything because that's actually where you learn the most, I yeah. think, is not necessarily in the moment, but when you're thinking through it and talking through it later. Yeah. Um, so the film we shot, we only had two days to do it, and we had about 30 people because it was us and our students and our actors and but like everyone else was shadows like they didn't have defined jobs necessarily so it was actually just i think there was seven crew that's it six wow six so um and it was a 13 page script oh <laughs> in <Wow>. two days <laughs> yeah that's um, a lot of work <laughs> well actually we just finished the rough edit and it came out to 11 minutes of runtime oh yeah uh, just the film no credits or titles or anything well but it's going to be shorter yeah i mean we're going to cut it down but yeah it two days to shoot 11 minutes so we were kind of like pushing <laughs> ourselves we we're like do we want to be this ambitious on a class and we're like no that's part of the fun like you learn the most when you're pushing yourself um so i <laughs> It was the first day of class, so two days before we're supposed to shoot. We had everything planned out. It was supposed to be a period piece, like, set in the early 80s. We were very much inspired by uh, Stranger Things. Yep. Like, we just loved the look of it. And so we were like, let's do something like that. And the first day of class, it snowed a foot and a half. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and we were just like, what are we going to do? So we're in class for, like, eight or nine hours at this point where we can't do anything about it. And so just, like early in the morning and late at night we're like what do we do what do we do we're trying to figure it out we ended up deciding to scrap um the period part and just like let's have the because our actors were kids and yeah. we're like there's no waterproof anything in what we had planned so <laughs> scrap that they're just gonna wear their normal snow clothes we scrapped half of our locations because one of them was way up in the mountains we couldn't even get to it mm. like there was three feet of snow up there mm. and um but we were like having to do this on the fly outside of class and it was like ah! <laughs> so definitely we scrambled a whole bunch we had to get heaters we had to get well we were already and planning the, on rain the thing was but... snow wasn't the main issue it was actually the rain yeah because it was just like a constant like oh. drizzle drizzle of yeah. rain and then Sprinkle. in the forest it was a little bit heavier yeah and we had never actually dealt with rain for living in with the pacific northwest we've never, well, yeah. <laughs> never actually like had too much rain on a set and so dealing with the camera equipment mostly mm. because, well it just uh, slowed everything down it took forever yeah. the the average temperature was probably about 27 while we were shooting it was warmer the second day but mm. the first day so like the snow wasn't melting it wasn't going anywhere and then it was raining so definitely just it slows everything down to keep that many people warm mm -hmm. and like and then also just the layers like everyone just moves slowly because they're wearing like two shirts and sweaters and coats and scarves and stuff and and then there's keeping the actors dry so between every take you know we can't just leave them where they are they have to be under umbrellas getting warmer get, you know making sure mm -hmm. that they're they're surviving the elements because they definitely 
had the worst of it. Yeah. In terms of that. So. Yeah, and working and working with down. younger people too. That's a lot more difficult. Um, not with uh, these. Not not with these kids. Okay. I know we were so lucky. <laughs> I we had met them uh, a little while back, and I I was so excited to work with them. It was a brother and sister, um, who are both, you know almost professional actors yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they, they act they act in a ton of stuff in the seattle area um so they're you know they're very professional for their age and then we're also working with uh nikki who is the lead in weeping willow hmm. uh our hundred games fan film we're also working with her so we, are, we already knew her yeah and she's really talented so it, that was not slowing us down for once like you're right working with young people sometimes it's just it takes longer to do things but yeah they were troopers through all of it it That's was good. awesome that makes it so much easier <laughs> yeah so that was that's something new that we haven't encountered before we've encountered extreme heat before oh yeah and, and, and we've it's... done we've done extreme cold before yeah but mm-hmm. not snow and rain at the same time right yeah yeah that so... kind of doubles the difficulty <laughs> So just kind of pushing ourselves to keep going. Like there was a point probably two nights before we were supposed to shoot when the snow was, the roads weren't even clear. Like Mm. we couldn't even get to class almost the first day because of the snow. It took us an hour to get out of our driveway. (laughs) And it was just like, (laughs) oh my goodness, is this even going to work? And so just making that decision, I guess, to, yeah, we're we're still going to shoot the film. We just got to change our plan here. Mm-hmm. but related to like bloopers and stuff um i would actually add that we put together blooper reels but every time i would say uh, pretty much every time we're like is there any bloopers i know and then yeah. and then um uh lizzie is actually our younger sister and she's actually our primary blooper editor because she <laughs> she has a a feel for that sort of <laughs> uh, you know me as an editor. She actually likes going through all of the yeah. footage and finding the bloopers. That's the part I hate. Yeah, like, for Ugh. me, for me as as our primary editor, I I don't really like editing behind the scenes sort of stuff where yeah. where you have to just like sort through random footage yeah. and and find the the good moments. Yeah. Um. So Lizzie's a lot more uh, in tune with that. So she usually does the bloopers. Um. But. I'm I'm always amazed at how many bloopers you can find, and there's 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 lots more that get cut just because they're like they're, they're not... more like you had to be there for it to be funny. Yeah, it was, yeah. it's not funny to yeah. just the general public, but um, yeah. So like I was saying, pretty much every time I'm like, is there any bloopers on this film? Mm-hmm. And then we end up having a you know a nice length of of a blooper reel. So definitely. And... Sorry, go ahead. Something I found that the more planned out our film is and the more professional we do it, the less <laughs> bloopers there are. Like like for my more early stuff, like prevail and loyalty. You can tell like our professional journey because our bloopers keep getting shorter. Yeah. <laughs> like I've had bloopers where the, the film was like five minutes long and the blooper reel was like my original edit was like eleven minutes long. Oh wow. <laughs> and it's just like it we're because it's like a very small crew and we're all like really good friends. And so we're joking around, yeah. especially if it isn't planned because then we're not on as much of a schedule. Oh yeah. And that. so as we're getting more 
planned out and organized. It's like we, we kind of have in the back of our heads that we're on a time limit the mm-hmm. whole time. And so it, it, it really um, <laughs> makes us buckle in and yeah, just get it done. Yeah, that's definitely more. something we've learned over the years of just when to, you know, just be goofing around and having fun because we, we're family and we're like best friends all together and we work with our friends. And so it's sometimes it's like, yeah, we just want to have fun. Yeah. But learning how to, I don't know what the word is, but um, um, to make the environment professional for everyone, yeah. especially yeah. with when, when there's so many of us in our family, we usually kind of end up ruling the environment of a film just because mm. we're in charge and there's a lot of us. And so, you know, that's something that we have talked a lot about with each other and we've learned is just we we are providing the environment for anyone coming in and we need to provide a professional environment where um you do feel the time pressure it's still fun and we're all having a lot of fun together but we're working and getting things done yeah yeah so with your film save lives apologize um there's a couple scenes in it where there's like a big kind of a cafeteria kind of area how difficult was that to work with that many younger people um i would say not that difficult um considering what it could have been um so (laughs) we kind of uh, i really love working with kids like i i find it really easy and really fun um it probably started when we did weeping willow that was kind of an accident um we did like that that movie just kept getting bigger and we're like can we really do this um we made it in about four months from hey we should make a fan film to it being released Mm. and so we're just like snowballing as it went and so we're like it would be awesome if we could do a scene with the cornucopia and actually have 24 tributes that would be awesome where are we going to find that many kids (laughs) and well we're homeschoolers. We know tons of kids. Yeah, that's or, true. And, and kids we know know tons of kids, and their moms know moms who have kids. And so it was just, you know, uh, our older sister, Rachel, is the producer on most of our films. Yeah. Um, or I should say my older sister, your wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so she just contacted several of the local homeschool communities because we had just moved, actually, when we shot that. We didn't know anyone down here. Mm. Um. So she just contacted the local homeschool communities and like, hey, we're making a fan film. We need 24 kids to come stand out in the cold and run around. (laughs) And we got 24. And it's just kind of like this light bulb moment for all of us. Like, whoa, we could have, like, there's tons of kids out there who would love to just be on a film set. You know, we would love to be on a film set. Um, when we were first starting out filmmaking, that would have been the most awesome experience ever. It didn't matter if we had to stand out in the cold for hours. Um, and so we did the same thing with Save Lives. Um, mm. We just reached out to the local homeschool communities like, and held auditions and like, anyone who comes, we'd love to have you. We're, uh, our biggest problem was actually costumes because it was period. Um, but I think, again, it was um, for, because we knew we'd have a lot of kids and we knew um, that that can be difficult to work with with a lot of uh, kids at once. We did intentionally set the environment 
um, from the get-go with the kids. Um, I think that's something we always try to do with big scenes, especially. We just, before we start shooting, we gather everyone around and kind of just talk about what's expected and kind of what we're looking for. You know, we're really moving fast. We need everyone to be um, focusing and paying attention and doing their best to help and just really making sure that everyone knows what's going on and what's expected of them is think is the yeah. biggest thing. And on that specific scene, we kind of planned it out so that <clears throat> the one table where we had most of our like main actors, yep. um, we would talk to them most of the time, but everyone else, we would just kind of let, let them be kids and yeah. you know make friends and talk with each other. And we didn't really like, like we didn't even tell thing. them we were shooting. We didn't have the, all right, everyone quiet and starting the camera. We didn't do any of that. We just let them talk and started filming. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, and so that, that just made it a lot easier. Um, and that because... you also get more uh, real reactions too. To certain things. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Because <laughs> if you, if you just let them be kids, kids tend to actually be kids. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Mind blown. I know. It's weird. I, I feel like if we were doing a different scene, I can't I can't think of one right now except for maybe like a reaping scene with a lot of kids. Yeah. Re- reaping like Reaping from Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of another scene where we'd have lots of kids that isn't in an environment where they can just be kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that well, really made if, it easy. If, if you had like a same school scene but like our main characters are walking down interacting with others. Or, or something or, like Harry Potter, I guess. Yeah. Would be harder because you have to deal with visual effects and the kids can't you know they have to do certain things yeah for the cameras like that would be hard um yeah. but uh but yeah just our cafeteria scene that was pretty easy yeah yeah well i had no idea because well i guess it makes sense because um being homeschooling myself uh, a lot of homeschool kids tend to listen uh tend to listen easier i would say than most uh, public school kids yeah i would agree they're just a little more focused and well-mannered in general yeah that generally. doesn't go for every homeschool kid or for every public school kid but in general yeah in general <laughs> yeah so your um your one second the hunger games the weeping um willow fan film that is a well basically 20 minute film that you said that it takes four four months to film no, it took us eight, eight days, eight days to film, four oh, months to completely months. make. Okay. okay, that makes sense. I was like, that's a long time <laughs> to film that. Like, I don't think there's that that many scenes. So that, yeah, like, yeah. was there a bigger budget for that or? No. 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 <laughs> there was no budget for that. Okay, that was before budgets existed in our brains. That's the movie that made us go, whoa, we need to like budget and stuff. <laughs> so. Um, we didn't quite talk about this on our getting started, but um, the you know Annie was saying that they lived two hours away from us uh, at when we first met each other, and um, they moved down at near the beginning of 2013, and then uh, that summer we made Loyalty, uh, the other Star Wars fan film. Mm. That was um, the first one that won. Right. And also, just before they moved down, um, there was an ad in my local paper about people needing help on a film project. Mm. And so I got in contact with them, and it was actually this lady from Seattle, uh, Stacey Bernstein, 
that was um, that was contracted by uh, for culture, kind of a cultural uh, group by your city, but contracted by our city to make um, kind of a, a documentary type thing about the Enumclough, um where I grew up. Uh, it was the hundred year anniversary of Enumclaw, and so they wanted kind of this film about the history. Okay. Um, and so I got in contact with her originally just to do a little bit of visual effects here and there. Um, but then um, the pollings kind of got on the project. Really yeah, early. we started talking with her, and she was like, wow, there's a whole family, a whole crew down here. And, you know, well, right where we're going to we shoot. We almost even hadn't moved down yet. We were we, we were uh, in the process. Yeah, we were like, oh, we're going to move closer to, to Max at where this project is, and that would be really fun to be on a film, but we don't know if we're going to move in time. But uh, we did. I, I mean, there's not much of a climax there. but and <laughs> Anyway, so Stacy is... And she's such a nice person. She's a, she's a, she's like her, her person is a teacher. Like she yeah. just teaches but all the she's time. Mentor. I yeah. She, she has mentored us, but she, so they were doing a full professional short film about the history of Enumclaw right there. Mm-hmm. And she brought us on to some of the, like the key positions. This is, this is the first film set we've ever been on. That's yeah, not our first own. professional, anything like our first introduction to the industry. Yeah. And so she like she let us help with the screenwriting and we were in all the story meetings. She had us meet all the heads of departments. She put us in key positions as most as best she could. Um, I think just that experience was incredible yeah. because especially not just working with her, but working with all the other professionals that were part of the team. We just it was like psh, mind blown on <laughs> this is how filmmaking is supposed to be. Well, I would like to add that, so um, Max was mentioning that we did Loyalty that summer, yeah. so this well, film was that summer too? Right, we, we shot like three days of Loyalty and then had to put it on hold to for shoot three days film. to work on this project. Yeah, well, it was three days of shooting on this one, on the yeah. other one too. But at the time of making Loyalty, we had no budget, we had no schedule, we had no shot we list, kinda... we had nothing except choreography planned. That was the only thing we had planned. Yeah, and at the time, I was not the most organized. I wasn't the most producery of directors. <laughs> I was very much kind of, oh, let's just all get together on set, have fun, and we'll make something. And I had an idea of what I wanted on set or on in my own head, but I had no idea how to communicate it to anyone else. Mm. So everything moved really slowly, and that's why the blooper reel is so long <laughs> for that one. How long were we shooting Loyalty? Uh, loyalty we shot for like 17 days, but a lot of that was also because the, I wanted the weather to be you know, kind of that overcast, the even lighting you get with that. And since we, sh- I was really smart and did it in the middle of summer, we could only shoot like a couple hours every morning. Hmm. Um, well, and, not only that, but then you'd go home and edit the oh, yeah. shot, and you're like, no, this is awful, and we'd reshoot right. what we've already done. Yeah, And so, like, that's where we were as professional filmmakers at the time we came on to this professional set. And mm-hmm. that's a 15-minute short film that they shot in three days with, like, 20 locations, and uh, there was a couple scenes with, like, 40 extras, and it was a lot of it was period, which is a lot of work. Um, so it was just like mind blown on on scheduling, on budget, on teamwork, on just how film works. 
and and it was just like it totally changed how we viewed film and so a few months later is when um we started working on weeping willow um yeah it was for a fan film contest too one that sort of sort of it was a local tacoma one yeah it was it was kind of vague and and we just kind of used it as a a base to have a deadline yeah but they kind of was just like okay we want um we want uh a film that's based off of something that already exists something that you can kind of like the the contest was more about marketing honestly Mm. it was about how to build an audience by hijacking an audience that's already there, which is what fan films do. Um, So like they were showing different ideas and they said fan film. And so I think we walked away from that meeting going, wow, it'd be really cool to do something. Hey, we're a bunch of teenagers. Hey, we could get locations in woods. This feels like a Hunger Games fan film. Like that would be an awesome, that was that right after Catching Fire came out, I think. It was that year was Catching Fire. Yeah, I think. Anyway, so, um, like so the only films that we had done were these we shoot for a few hours in the day and we shoot for like 17 days if we felt like it whatever and like and then we had that professional film where it just totally changed and so this was the first time we were trying to be more professional so we hadn't reached budget yet but we we scheduled that thing yeah and it and that's really when our or my older sister rachel kind of jumped on board with filmmaking until then, it would, had really only been us. Well, no, no, I mean, she jumped on with the Enum Claw thing. Yeah, like, yeah. She was, she was a lot of, she did a lot of producer stuff and makeup stuff on, on that. Yeah, so she jumped onto Weeping Willow, and she's really the one who pushed us. Yeah. To yeah. make it bigger, like we're like, okay, we'll just do like a five-page script with like three characters, and we'll uh, play the characters and do the stuff. And Rachel's <laughs> like, no, let's let's go for something bigger. And just like kept pushing the story to be bigger. And um, hey, we can just get a whole bunch of actors and extras. Like, and hey, we could just get a whole bunch of costumes. Hey, let's get this location. Like, she just was like, I can do that. I can do that. And so it just kind of, it didn't start out meaning to be as big as it was. And I yeah. watch it now. I'm still like, how did we do that? How did we do that? <laughs> <laughs> <It was> like... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we could do it again now. Oh yeah. But we have so much more experience now that I'm not sure how we did it back then. <laughs> I know. We didn't have hardly anything to start with. Right. And so like it was literally every day was just like, let's do this. And I'm like, really? We could do that? <laughs> really? Um, that was the first time we held auditions and had people come in. And that was the first time we worked with anyone besides ourselves being actors, yeah. right? like at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was just like, and for shooting, and we scheduled all of the days out. We know exactly how long everything was going to take, and and it was my first time as a DP uh, building a shot list, mm. which is. I'm not sure if you're familiar with a shot list, but it's basically yep. a written version of a storyboard. Yeah. It's a, a more technical kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and and it, food. We had to plan food out yeah. and plan to feed everyone. And, like, it just exploded. So what and was, like, the first film that you budgeted, like? Probably Save Lives. Okay. Well, Save Lives was the first one where we started off knowing we had a certain amount of money to be able okay. to use. <laughs> yeah, like, for Weeping Willow, we did spend money, definitely, yeah. but it was from, like, 
our savings and pulling like we didn't think about money we just kind of said oh hey i can get that thing and we can do this and, thing yeah. just do everything as cheap we'll as see possible. if we can borrow from people and yeah definitely um all of the kids who were in it like their moms jumped on board too and were offering oh we got camping chairs we got blankets we got because it was pretty cold when we were shooting that one too um you know we got an easy up we could bring we could we got a um a, a gas portable stove that we can bring it was just like people pitching in um yeah to really make it work it was a really donated film <laughs> there was money involved but it was all donated yeah well sometimes um, that's all you need like yeah i think the most money we spent though was on the coats for the oh, 24 okay. tributes i think we ended up spending like 300 dollars on coats okay i don't remember how much but yeah we, were, we went to like all, all the, the Walmarts <laughs> in the area to try to find these one brand of coats. Because <clears throat> they had all, them out. all to be the same coats, right? Yeah. 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 That's like <clears throat> Rachel watched, I, you know, as research for when we started working on the story for it, um, we watched Hunger Games fan films that had already been made. Hmm. And Rachel was like, really like, okay, something that really bugs me is that none of their costumes are the same, and that's, like, a thing in Hunger Games. Let's do it. Like, that'll add so much to the film. And so that's the first time we actually did costuming, too. I mean, you made Star Wars costuming costumes for yours, but for Weeping Willow, we were coordinating with the actors, and sometimes we went and bought stuff for them. Sometimes they already had stuff. Everyone had to have boots and pants, and it's just, like, it was on the level of coordination. It was just way beyond anything we'd ever done. And... And but we had gotten a glimpse of it. That that's the thing I think that really we knew now what it was supposed to look like. Yeah, because of that professional. We hadn't film that done we it yet, but we saw the professionals doing it, and we were like, "Oh, okay, they did this little thing. Maybe we could try that." And without, you know, we didn't have everything down, but we we saw it happening, and so we were able to kind of imitate it. Yeah. In our own <laughs> way, mm -hmm. that it that it worked. <clears throat> Yeah, so now Weeping Willow is, we watch it and we can, sometimes we can't barely stand to watch it. We're <laughs> like, oh, I should have done something different there. Oh, yeah. oh. Every time I watch it nowadays, it's always better than I remember. I know, I remember it being horrible because right even as we were editing it, I'm like, oh, I see all the mistakes I made in production. And so I remember it as being horrible. But, and then I went back and watched it just a couple days ago, and I'm like, hey, this isn't that bad. <laughs> I still have a really hard time watching it because I had so many issues with rendering when mm -hmm. I was doing, like, the final export with audio and render glitches that <laughs> I still get scared that I'm going to spot something. Oh. Uh, even now. <laughs> I feel like every filmmaker is going to feel that way with whatever they put out, even if it's, oh, like, yeah. the highest quality ever. They're going to be, oh, did I mess something up? Like... I feel like that's the goal of every filmmaker to make a film that they are satisfied with at the end of the project. Which is almost impossible because it's like you might be satisfied at the end, but like say a year after you're gonna go, ah, oh, I could do this better. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I would say actually, Save Lives is the film I was most satisfied with. Like really? not completely, uh, but I was like most so satisfied at the end. I was like, okay. This one turned out mm, the most good, not mm. not perfect, but just like, I, you know, I felt the least like putting it out in in front of public eyes. I felt the best about it, yeah. Rather than like countdown, I felt terrible. <coughs> and 
and you know, Weeping Willow, I mean, I wasn't quite as involved with Weeping Willow because we were still setting up our, our team hierarchy. Yeah. Um, well, that's back when Annie, we were still pretty young. Yeah, Annie and Max were the main um, spearheads of Weeping Willow, but uh, so Save Lives was kind of like where I uh, came out <laughs> and had to do had to do things. Um, um, but yeah, so I was like, all of those other films, I was like, I don't know, it's still not good enough to put out. We kind of hacked everything together. Whereas Save Lives, it felt like, yeah, we hacked everything together, but it looks okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, how did you come up with the name Rogue Zohu? <laughs> I had to know that would be a question. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've seen a small film that we've done called Zombie Hunters. You just yes. mentioned it at the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so the great Nelson Zombie Hunters, um, back to the comedy thing. Max is hilarious, and you wouldn't know it from his films because they're all so sad and so dramatic. <laughs> but he has a he he likes humor a lot, so that was his crazy humor movie. And you guys made that. You and your brother made that after we met you, but before we moved down. So yeah. we weren't a part of it, and we saw that, and we just could not believe how hilarious. Yeah, a... yeah. Me and my brother had gotten uh, those weird bomber hats and a bunch of airsoft guns for Christmas once, and I just thought they looked ridiculous. Those hats, <laughs> and so I decided to like. What about two kids put on ridiculous costumes and go out in the backyard and try to ramble their way through a bunch of zombies or something? And, <laughs> and that's what it was. Yeah. So we liked it so much. When we moved down, we decided to make a sequel, only put a whole bunch more people in it. Um, and so we just kind of started calling ourselves zombie hunters, sort of. And that's what the Zohu is. It's short for zombie hunter. Really? Yeah. Because that's kind of some of the first stuff we worked on together. Yeah. Uh, the rogue part um, is more um, more in line what we what more we in line view with of ourselves kind of what we want to do. It's that in 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 working more in the professional industry in Seattle and just meeting a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of I don't know thinking and just ideas floating around that we don't really care for, and um and also in just how um teams operate mm. you know filmmaking crews together there's some things in how like standardly operate that we don't really care for yeah. and so the rogue is is our is what we want to do we want to be rogue filmmakers we want to do it the way that we think works in the way that yeah we think is best and so that's the piece of it of we're rogue from yeah. the industry the rogue zombie hunters it's <laughs> a really good name i had that's a good story for behind the name i had no idea I thought it was something to do with Star Wars, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> yeah, we're actually thinking on changing it because we get that question every single time. We're like, okay, like, well, and nobody knows how to spell it either. Oh my gosh. Or, or say it even. Or say it, but they look at it, it go, Rouge Zahu, Rouge Zulu, and it's like, we kind of need to change it. I yeah, and, yeah, and every time we meet someone and we say, yeah, we're Rogue Zohu and you know, they see the card or whatever in the image and they're like, so what's the story behind the name? And we're like, it stands for, for zombie, zombie hunters. hunters. And it kind of embarrasses <laughs> us a little bit because we're not big fans of zombies either. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. And we, we thought of that um, right at 
about Weeping Willow when we were trying to have like some sort of a brand yeah. to help us make Weeping we, Willow. We kind of rushed it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but I, I know what we should be, actually. What? We should be that family. <laughs> because that's oh sometimes when meeting people we're like oh yeah we're from Soho Productions and they're like what's that and we're like oh we're a whole family of homeschoolers and like oh wow I heard of you you guys worked with someone I knew and so we're like yeah we're that family <laughs> if it works yeah <laughs> oh you're the family of home, uh, filmmakers I actually figured out how to say the actual name from watching uh what was it your costume vlog i think it was oh yeah yeah i heard you say it. i'm like oh that's what you said i would not have known how to say it otherwise <laughs> yeah which it, it, which it should be great, so simple though like which isn't a great thing when you're trying to network with other filmmakers <laughs> if you have to explain your name <laughs> well it will make them remember it if they do ask for an explanation yeah true. <laughs> that that is true that is very true you have most of you have social medias, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Most uh, of us. Would you like to list those off for everyone who's listening? We have uh, the Rogue Zohu Productions Facebook page. Um, and then we are uh, on Instagram. I don't remember what, what the ins- – it's. I think it's Rogue Zohu. It's just Rogue Zohu Productions. On Instagram as on well. On Instagram okay. as well. And then I have my Instagram, which is at Annie Filmmaker. And I'm on Instagram as Max Jordan DP. Um, I think that's every, and we're on YouTube as Rogue Zohu Productions and Max Jordan. All right, I'll leave all those links down in the description for everyone who wants to check those out. Uh, I highly recommend you do. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming out. Um, thanks for talking on the podcast for me. Um, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing the next film. Awesome. Yes, thank you so much for having thank us. You. It was a ton of fun. <laughs> well, thank you. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode two of the insignificant of the insignificant. Oh, I-